and everybody that's had a part in the service and uh, we see a lot of kids and teens up here in Next Generation Services and there's a lot of adults that have uh, maybe not gotten up front but have definitely poured in and had a huge part of this and uh, just grateful for the opportunity. It's a, a thrill to get to sing that song up here with y'all, but it's also been a thrill to sing that a lot lately. I don't think it was that long ago we sang it up here. It goes so well with my message uh, tonight as well. So we've sung it downstairs. Sorry if you can hear it coming up through the floor some Wednesdays lately. We'll switch to a new song, I'm sure now, a lot of the time. But it's been great to share that message of, hey, look to Jesus with a lot of different teens that have come, the different times we've sung that recently downstairs. So we have these that are able to come on Sundays, but we have them and some others, many others, that have been here lately on Wednesdays. God's doing something. In the kids' ministry, in the adult ministry, in the teens' ministry, God's doing something here at Marlbrook. And isn't it a privilege to be a part of it? You might be like, well, my part's not that part. I didn't say this part or that part. It's just a privilege to do whatever part God has for us, isn't it? And if God wants us to have a different part or a bigger part or a smaller part, he can do that. I'm just glad to be able to have a part in what God's doing. Well, wasn't last night great? Those of you who were able to come to the Sportsman's Banquet. I've done a decent job of calling it Sportsman's Banquet instead of Wild Game Dinner. I'm still working on that, though. I've done pretty well. Um, I'm with Pastor John. I'm one of the ones who's guilty of the, what he said a lot of us are guilty of, where we eat fried chicken, and that's about it. That's usually about what I eat, but uh, that's all right. But boy, God was at work there. I think we had several decision slips turned in, different folks. I, I wonder, and I don't know, and I don't need to know, but when the last time some of those folks heard a gospel message was, you never know. And I know for me, it's been pretty recent. And I used, could use the Word of God last night just as much. I mean, it's not for salvation for me, but boy, it's an encouragement. It's a challenge. I need God's Word as much as those who maybe hadn't been in church for a long time. Just such a blessing. Well, looking forward to uh, getting into Psalm 42. You're welcome to turn there. Uh, our message is going to be titled, We Each Have Some Great Reasons to Look Up. And I was thinking of that basic message title for a while. And so the song, again, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus just came to mind so much. Looking forward to after the service, just spending a few minutes eating some junk food and uh, playing a simple, silly, fun game downstairs for an afterglow. And if you're able to stay, that'd be awesome. I understand. Uh, some of y'all get up a little bit earlier than I do on Mondays. You got to get home. I understand that too. But uh, if you're able to stay, please feel free. Uh, Addison was, was trying to think of the name Next Generation for the service tonight, and uh, she called it an Every Generation service and every generation activity. And I thought that was perfect. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I think uh, Miss Jen and I both thought that was spot on. So we love getting to be a part of ministry with kids, teens, and adults, and all getting to be a part of what God's doing here at Marlbrook and in the community, and really through the world, through our missions program. Well, let me ask you this as we get started. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple of scenarios. You let me know if you want to participate or just think with me. Where do you look at different points? Again, hopefully you'll, you'll look up, and I'm sure you can get the significance of that already. But where do you look if you're running or driving down the road and you turn around? Where, where do you all of a sudden start turning? Probably off to the side. Um, where do you go if you are, are uh, let me put it this way, if you are not looking where you're going? Does it work out very well? Let me ask this, and this is really where we're getting at. Where do you look if you're down here in the valley a lot of the time? Probably up at the mountains, if you're anything like me. We've been here for six years, but I am yet to get over the beautiful views right out here. Uh, we can drive to Walmart and see beautiful views. Not, not Walmart so much. I can pass on Walmart. That's not a great view. But, man, the, the mountains and the valleys there, it's just beautiful. But I've noticed if I'm down in a valley, I look up at the mountains a lot more. But where do you look if you're up on a mountain? 
A lot of times you look down in the valley. I'm not criticizing that. That's where the great view is up there. But as we come to Psalm 42, again, often considered a psalm about spiritual depression, anxiety, discouragement. But it's not just about that. Maybe that's you tonight and you come here and you're like, man, I am down in the valley and I need to look up. But if you're here and you're on more of a mountaintop experience, things are great. This is just as much of a challenge to not do what we so often do when we're up on the mountain and to look down. Just as much spiritually when we're on the mountaintop, we need to look up to see God and to see what he's doing. For me, it's often easier to look up to God from down in a difficult valley. And again, maybe that's where you find yourself. But this psalm has such great encouragement for us anywhere we are. So many references to wherever we are. And if you find yourself where everything's great, praise God for that tonight and keep looking up to him. Who knows? He might have even better than you can imagine in the next week or the next year. And a lot of times we take our, look, our eyes off of God. It's like taking our eyes off the road while we're driving. And all of a sudden, we start to veer off to the side. So I hope each of us will remember we have some great reasons to look up tonight. Let's pray, and we'll dive into this amazing psalm. God, we thank you for being good to us. Thank you, again, like I was saying a bit ago, that we can be a part of what you are doing. Thank you for a church that allows and encourages, challenges, teens, kids, and adults to get involved. Thank you for a church that is strong, yes, because of our great pastor, but also because of each person doing so much around here. Thank you for the missionaries we get to support. Thank you for a church that loves you and loves your word. I pray that you'll bless the message tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. First of all, we should look up because God is the only one who offers solutions when all we can see is problems. Psalm 42, starting in verse 1, it says, As the heart or as the deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. By the way, may that be said of you and me during the best of times and the worst of times. Not meaning to sound like Charles Dickens there, realizing I am all of a sudden. But uh, no matter what we're going through, may we have that hunger and that thirst. That is often my prayer. I've said that before, but that's often my prayer for us on a Sunday morning as we'd come to church, that we'd hunger and thirst after righteousness, because then we can be filled. I've hungered and thirsted after a lot of weird stuff and pointless stuff and wasted stuff, both in the food sense, eating a bunch of junk and being hungry, and spiritually, and it's not filled me. But if we'll hunger and thirst after God, like a heart or a deer during a drought... That's how much we should want God during a drought and during the best, most flourishing time. I hope that'll be us. Verse 2, my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? As we can see, the psalmist is going through a difficult time. He's more in that valley experience. He's going through a spiritual and physical difficulty in many ways. But may we keep that hunger and thirst for God fresh, whether that's where we're at tonight or as the week goes on, the years go on, our lives go on, or whether it's the best things that have ever been. If you and God are closer than you've ever been, you've only tapped the surface of how amazing God is. There's so much more to learn. And I can get up here and I can say that, but sometimes I don't hunger and thirst after God. Sometimes I act like I've gotten enough, gotten all I needed, time to move on. 
And what's worse is I don't often notice how hungry and thirsty I am for God as I try to fill myself with the wrong things. I love how one pastor put it in a sermon I listened to. He said, um, he says, I submit to you that God's word doesn't call us to obey our thirst like one drink company advertises. It calls us to choose our thirst. <laughs> have you ever obeyed your thirst for a wrong fleshly appetite in this world? I have. But if we'll choose the right thirst, we're made, again, I've talked about it before many have, but with a God-sized hole, we're made to be hungry and thirsty for the best things for that deeper and deeper relationship with God. If you're like, I, I want to grow, I want to do more, there, there's a longing in my heart, that's what we should have. Go after God. He'll fill you while teaching you even more and helping you to want more and more of Him. Let's not obey our thirst, let's choose our, our thirst. It's Psalm 3, let me just read a few verses. You can turn back to Psalm 3 if you want. But this is a Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. Horrible situation in David's life. And he says this, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Sounds like the end of our passage in verse 3 where it says, where is thy God? Verse 3, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. David is able to look back I believe when he wrote this, things had been settled, not perfectly, not, not easily with Absalom, but the situation had been settled. But the psalm that we're looking at, Psalm 42, you can scan ahead, you can read the whole thing. Amazing psalm, wonderful encouragement right there from verse 1. But the situation doesn't change. All the way at the end of the psalm, the situation is the same. And we can have this ability, this opportunity to look up to God, to realize that life can be joyful and awesome and amazing even before everything gets wrapped up easily. Wherever we find ourselves, we can look up to God. I wanted to illustrate this in a way I came across here recently. Uh, it might sound kind of random, but we can put this slide up, the next picture. This is called text neck, and it might be a little difficult to see. I can show you an exact diagram. Parents, if you need to lecture your teens later... I'll be glad to provide the, uh, the tools. That, that's my job, is to let parents hassle teenagers. I'm a youth pastor. But at the same time, uh, apparently this is a real scientific thing, uh, where zero degrees where your neck is right upright, your neck's getting pressure from your head of about 10 to 12 pounds of pressure. Uh, some people have a little more pressure, a little larger noggin like me. Uh, I, I have realized in my life when trying other people's hats on, I have a fairly large head. So mine might be a little more than the 10 to 12. My wife didn't have to agree quite that vigorously, but it's true. Uh, 15 degrees there, 27 pounds. 30 degrees, 40 pounds of pressure. And all the way at the end, or excuse me, skipping one more, 45 degrees is 49 pounds. And then 60 degrees all the way on this side is 60 pounds of pressure. You can see the, uh, the chiropractic neck problems that constantly looking at a phone will cause. But imagine spiritually and physically looking down all the time, the even deeper problems that that causes. Now, I'm not saying if you'll just look up, your anxiety, your depression, your discouragement, your difficult circumstances will disappear. Not at all. They don't in this psalm. But he's able to look up. And now the pressures from the outside are still on the psalmist, but he's more over here on the left, experiencing far left. The pressure is there, but he's feel, experiencing far less. He's not feeling that pressure. And if we'll just look up and look to God, don't burdens get lighter? 
even before they go away. And then God's so amazing, he so often takes the burdens away. And we're already feeling them lifted. And then the prayer gets answered. And it's just amazing. We get just to worship God so much more. So may something as easy, as simple as text neck be a reminder that, yeah, maybe physically, next time we're you know, wanting to constantly be on our phones, yeah, maybe we need to put it down, look up a little bit, but especially spiritually. Man, maybe it's when life is just beating you down. Uh, the image of wave after wave comes later in the psalm, and maybe that's how you feel. Look up. Sometimes we've got to look up before we can feel like getting up. Sometimes we've got to look up before we can get back up. Sometimes we've got to look up before our circumstances look up. And then if you are, again, if things are wonderful, I mean, I'm very blessed. God's been so good. So much is good. I'm really not down in a valley at all. And the challenge for us at any point is to look up and to keep praising God, to keep looking up more and more to Him. I imagine we could take this even a spiritual step further and come over here where we're not looking straight out, but now we're looking up. And I don't know if you can have like a negative weight or whatever, but it's just burdens lifted as we look up to God. Let's look up because God is the only one who offers solutions when, when uh, all we can see as we look down is problems. Next, let's look up because God cares enough to look at us. I feel like this thought honestly ends up in almost every message that I preach up here, and it's on my thoughts so often. Even before I would get an answer to prayer, the fact that God hears my prayers, the fact that God cares about me, and he cares about you, isn't that amazing? I mean, he's got the whole universe. I think I could skip over me if I had the whole universe. I really do. There's a whole lot better looking stars than me. I'm not a star, you know, obviously. But, uh, man, the fact that God would look at us. Let's, let's look at that in the passage. Psalm 42, starting in verse 4, says, When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, really looking at the troubles. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God. I think picturing a pastime being in Jerusalem with God's people, with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy day. By the way, not the main point, but build great memories. These memories are helping him in a dark time because they're memories of worshiping God together with people. I think that's why a, part, a big part of why we need each other. We need each other as a church in the good times and the difficult times. I imagine some of you, many of you, can look around the room and be like, hey, I prayed right there at the altar for this or that. Or I prayed right back there and God answered my prayer. I saw God do this here. I saw God do this there. I saw God do this at VBS or at a wild game dinner, or I saw God do this in my, my son's life, my daughter's life, my friend's life. I invited this person to church. They came and they got impacted. Let's build those memories. But verse 5, why art thou cast down? Why do you have text neck? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Now, I'll just be honest with you. It was this afternoon. I've been preparing this message for weeks. I've listened to at least two sermons of pastors preaching on Psalm 42, read it I don't even know how many times. And it was today that I noticed that this verse and the last verse of the psalm don't end exactly the same. I just thought it was a repeat. I really did. We're going to draw out some good meaning, but let me just give you a preview. It says, for the help of his countenance. And then if you look ahead at uh, the very end of the psalm, verse 11, do you notice what it says there? It's just a little bit different. 
And we'll get there in the message, and I will hopefully get there in my Bible as I flip over a couple pages. But very similar verse, verse 11, Why art thou cast down on my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Here we're looking at him, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Two different, two awesome, amazing things. But let's focus here on the help of his countenance. Countenance often refers to your, your face. And the deep meaning of your heart coming out, and I picture that as the fact that God looks at us. And that's throughout Scripture, but I think it's really captured here as well. The fact that God would look at us is wonderful. In context, again, I really think this is the psalmist really pleading to go back to Jerusalem to worship with God's people. And then a realization, though, that it's God, not location, not circumstances. He ends kind of this first part of the psalm in verse 5, realizing that, okay, wherever I am and whatever I'm going through, God, if you're willing to look at me, you're willing to see me in my situation, you're willing to care about me, you're willing to be here with me, then okay, I can look up. I can stay here. Why art thou cast down? It doesn't make sense to stay down when God's the one helping us up. As one commentator said, it's, it is the remembrance of how wonderful it was to walk in unbroken fellowship with God that makes the absence of this fellowship so intolerable. And if we ever drift away from God, like you almost get the impression this psalmist might have right before this, may we notice it and realize, yes, it's wonderful to get back to better circumstances, but it's best, it's what's most important to get back to that close fellowship with God. He's saying, man, okay, circumstances might not get any better, and they don't right away for the psalmist. But that's not what matters. It's the fact that I'm with God, that he would look at me. I can keep going. I've shared this illustration, I think, several times before, but it's just so perfect for this point. Um, but a pastor tells the story about a young man whose wife had died, leaving him with a small son. Back home from the cemetery, they went to bed early because there was nothing else he could bear to do. As he lay there in the darkness, grief-stricken and heartbroken, the little boy broke the stillness from his little bed with a disturbing question. Daddy, where's mommy? The father got up and brought the little boy to bed with him, but the child was still disturbed and restless, as we can understand, occasionally asking the question, why isn't she here? Or when is she coming back? Finally, the little boy said, Daddy, if your face is toward me, I think I can go to sleep now. In a little while, he was quiet with his dad there looking at him. He got through another night. The father lay there in the darkness and then in childlike faith prayed this prayer. Oh God, I don't see how I can survive this. The future looks so miserable. But if your face is toward me, somehow I think I can make it. It was our FBI teacher who commented just in passing that he had heard someone recently say how they were doing by saying that they were too blessed to be depressed. And I can understand that, but I mean, life does get discouraging, even depressing sometimes, so maybe it's more along the lines that we're too blessed to stay depressed, or too blessed to stay focused on depression. Even if, like this psalmist, it might not go away, man, we can focus looking up, we can focus on the good, no matter what's going on down here, we can focus on God and what's he, what he is doing. I like how one pastor put it, most of your problems are because you're listening to yourself kind of complain and all of the bad and not talking to yourself as in preaching to yourself what you know to be true and what you need to hear. You can almost see, hear the psalmist starting to almost preach a message to himself in verse 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. 
Maybe the next time it's, it's a struggle to look up, or the next time everything's pretty good. Really, all the time, we need to remind ourselves, hey, I don't need to be down, but I also don't need to let myself get dragged down with less important things. I need to keep looking up to God. He's my help, and he is the one that matters the most. Let's look up because God cares enough to look at us. Next, let's look up because God is with us day and night, <laughs> literally and figuratively. You ever have some long nights? I think I even heard a little bit of an audible reaction there, because I'm sure we all have, where the night just wouldn't end. Whether that's where you find yourself, or your life is as sunny as it is outside. Well, it's just pretty. Y'all feel free to take a moment to look outside if you want. I mean, today, it's just beautiful. I will say this. I could deal with a long, long, snowy winter, but I wish it would stay light till 9 o'clock in the dead of winter. I really do. I, I could enjoy that. I enjoy the sunshine. And whether a sunny day reminds you more of life right now, or, or the dead of night, Let's look up because God is with us day and night. Psalm 42, starting in verse 6, he says, Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites from the, land, or from the hill Miser. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. And again, maybe you felt that way. It's just kind of wave after wave. Job experienced that. I can't imagine one of those waves like he faced, let alone wave after wave of bad news, bad news, bad news. Verse 8, though. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life. Now, in context, maybe the, it's referring to the Jordan River. That would make sense. Uh, maybe the, the Hermonites there uh, is the 20-mile-long ridge of Hermon, about 40 miles northeast of the Sea of Galilee. I didn't end up coming across anybody who felt confident on where Miser was, uh, but that was probably somewhere nearby. It, people don't really seem to be sure exactly where those locations mentioned are. And I think that's God's point to us, at least part of it. I think it's clear that no matter where you find yourself, God is with you, and God is good. God is praiseworthy, whether you find yourself getting hit by wave after wave, or things are calm right now. Life, doesn't, life does have a tendency to come at us in waves, but even waves have highs and lows. It's wherever you find yourself. I, I, I find in there a great application when it mentions Jordan, the Hermonites, Miser, and we don't even necessarily know exactly where some of those places are. And then we see the illustration of waves wherever we are, whether a high or a low, here or there. Let's remember that God is with us and he is good day and night. I think the best way to get ready to praise God during a trial is to praise God during a good time. If we'll worship God during the high points, It'll be a lot easier to worship God during the low points. The key to thriving in life's highs and lows is the same. Rest in God's loving kindness and constantly turn to him in prayer and worship. You ever have some of the best worship times when you're alone? I've had some of the best worship times when I was with people, too. I had some of the best worship times right here in church. Absolutely, but we can worship God anywhere. One commentator says, as we come to verse 7 there that we read about, deep calleth unto deep at the noise of their water spouts, all thy waves and billows. Our spiritual instincts tell us that in a very special way, we are at Calvary. If there was ever a low point, it's when our Savior went to the cross for us. Hearing the cries of the Lord Jesus as the waves and billows of God's judgment rolled over him. And what a picture, what a picture for us. But at the same time, it was history's lowest low point, so to speak. 
but it was also history's highest high point. You could say that came three days later or right there as Jesus said, it is finished. But then he rose again. He didn't stay in that tomb. And whether it's the waves that hit us or the waves our Savior took for us, we can look at the fact that God is with us day and night offering us hope. I love the comparison um, that I read. It's been compared to ballast in your boat. Sometimes the things that are weighing us down are exactly the things that are keeping us from getting destroyed in a storm, just like ballast in a boat can help as wave after wave would hit that boat. Sometimes God's putting a little ballast in your boat, putting a little ballast in my boat as we maybe go through a low point, building some strength to use us in amazing ways. And I'm convinced that if we'll just stay faithful, it's so often when we think God's the farthest from us that he's doing the most for us and through us. And so often it's when the best things are happening. And that's why Satan wants to make it look like it's the least or the worst things that are happening. So wherever you find yourself, I hope you will remember that God is a God of hope. Uh, On one of the sermons that I actually watched on YouTube, someone, a stranger, commented this. They said about their low point, depression led me to salvation. And although it may never truly cease the depression in my life, my love for Christ remains strong. This was a stranger, some random commenter uh, on a pastor I was watching his sermon. They said, because of depression, because I faced that time of deep, dark discouragement, that's what God used to lead to my getting saved, lead to my accepting Christ as Savior. And who knows how God will use these things. But how often do we act like this picture instead you can put up the next picture? I think it's my last silly picture. But uh, some of you would be familiar with the saying, it was originally a song, but Jesus take the wheel. And then he takes a different one than what we're expecting. We're like, not that wheel, Jesus. That, that's not the steering wheel. That's the random wheel. We found that picture online. Um, Jen and I got a good chuckle out of that. But we'll be like, okay, Jesus, I want you to take the wheel. I want you to take control of my life. I want you to steer it. I want you to... No, not that, Jesus. And it's exactly what he's using to accomplish the greatest purposes. I, I thought that would get a chuckle. I know I've laughed at it. I, I love a good cheesy joke. But at the same time, may that silly thing be a reminder to us that if it's God doing it, We can trust him, and we can be excited that he's with us day and night. Next, let's look up because God is able to heal wounds that no one else even can see. Psalm 42, verse 9, the psalmist says, I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Maybe you've felt that way before as well. Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones... Mine enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? Hey, if God's real, if you're really serving God, if he really loves you, why doesn't it seem like it? And he describes it as a sword in his bones. There are inward wounds that cut way deeper than outward wounds. And I feel like he's picturing that here. As with a sword in my bones, outward wounds are often nothing nothing compared to inward wounds. Some things cut a lot deeper than stitches can fix. It could be deep hurt from what someone said or did. He's facing some of that here as they mock the idea that God's even real. It could be deep cuts of doubt that you're dealing with as he seems to be a little bit here. But I hope you'll bring whatever it is, even doubts, even questions, to our amazing God. There's a difference between asking a question of God and questioning God. No, he's good. He's real. Don't ever let Satan convince you that he's not real. No, God is real. He is good. And if you have doubts, if you have questions, dig into the word. I mean, talk to a fellow Christian, absolutely. But let's bring these doubts, let's bring these hurts, these cuts, these wounds to our amazing God like the psalmist does. And let's remember who he is. 
Let's look up because God is able to heal wounds that maybe no one else can see. And then let's look up because God's goodness and love mean that it doesn't really make sense to stay down. I've said that before, but what a great place to end this message with this great verse, the last verse in the psalm, Psalm 42, 11. Why? Why art thou cast down in my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. Hope's stronger than what I'm going through. God's stronger than what I'm going through. Why, why stay down? For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. So his countenance is looking at us, and he's the health of my countenance. And I always picture that, again, being the, the inward reality that can show up all over our faces there have been some Christians here in my six years here, and many of you could think back to past Christians as well that have gone to be with the Lord that, that have been right here in Marlbrook. There was just something Jesus-like that showed up on their faces. Their relationship with God was written all over their face, and it just showed up and showed up and showed up. Aren't those people fun to be around? It's just a blessing. Uh, it's just a wonderful thing. Uh, man, we can have a countenance that shows the joy and faith we have no matter where we find ourselves. My family could tell you that I'm far from perfect in this area, but I have gotten some compliments and comments over the years that I'm always smiling. Those are usually from here, you know, whether in the auditorium during a service or wherever, and there's really two reasons for that. Again, I'm far from perfect. I'm not always smiling. Y'all are being nice when you say stuff like that, and some of you are probably like, I don't even say that because I, I know it's not true, and that's fine. But I do smile often, especially when I'm around y'all, because y'all make me happy. I love our church family. I absolutely do. I love our pastor and his family and our church family. Y'all make me happy. And then God is good all the time. Have you ever thought there was no reason to smile, and then it's like, God's like, hey, what about this? And hey, hey, what about this? And what about this? And then you're like, okay, I got 47 reasons to smile. I don't have 47 points tonight, I promise. But I mean, there's so many reasons to look up, so many good things. He talks about it being my God, his God, and he's our God there. God is the creator, the sustainer, the tried and true Lord of all. He's the solution to keep us going, keep us looking up, even before the final solution to our challenge or our trial or our difficulty might come. Romans 8, verse 35 and following puts it this way. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Life's not easy in this context. And it wasn't back there in Rome. Verse 37, nay, no. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We can have hope that God will, even when he hasn't yet. And again, if things are good, we can remember that no matter what difficulty or good might be coming next. Nothing can separate us from God. Nothing can separate us from him and his love. May we remember that. May we look up because God's goodness and love means we really, it doesn't even make sense to stay down. Let's trust what we know and move forward even when it's a little dark or difficult. Let's look at God for who he is and then look at our problems through the lens of God instead of looking at God through the lens of our problems. Where it's like, you ever, you ever get to that point where all you can see is your problems? 
And it's like, okay, okay, well, let me look at God, but it's all colored by, affected by uh, what the issue is. No, I hope our relationship with God will go so much deeper than that. If we start with God and his word, and remember that those are true and right, we'll look at everything differently. If you start with uh, dark glasses, let's call them Eeyore glasses. I'll pick on a Winnie the Pooh character here. If you start with, uh, you know, I won't even try to do an Eeyore voice. I'd do terrible at it. All the kids would judge me because it's just not good. It wouldn't be any good at all. But if you start with everything's bad, that's the best I got. But if you start with everything's bad down in the dumps, that's what you'll see. But if you start with God's good, he's amazing. He's so good to me. He's that difficulty. He's going to take care of that. I can hope in him no matter what. And we keep our, our gaze up and don't even let those things affect us. And be thankful for the good things. It'll change everything. If we start by remembering that God is good and that his goodness is constantly on display, we'll look at problems differently. If we start by remembering that God is love, if we start by remembering that God is truth, if we start by remembering that God is, that he's real, if we start by remembering that God is in control and sovereign, everything looks differently. Let's look up because God's goodness and love means it really doesn't make sense to stay down. Let me give you kind of a simple, slightly cheesy way to remember this, and we'll be done. Simple point. Where we look makes a difference. There was an old shoe and I think, sweatshirt and clothing company called FUBU. F-U-B-U was the letters, and it stood for them, for you, by you. And if that's the philosophy that we take about life, things end up not looking so good. For me, by me. All about me. But if we start saying, for you, God, by you, (laughs) really, by his grace, for his glory, everything starts to look a little different. If everything that happens to us is for God, and we know he's allowing it, but we're going to be able to get through it by him, all of a sudden for you, by you, we can keep going. We can keep looking up because we know God is, and we know that God rewards our faith. We know that God's got this. Where we look makes a difference. May each of us spend time looking up this week. Let's pray. God, thank you for giving us so much to look up to and to look up for. We talked about a few reasons tonight from Psalm 42, but there's so many others. You are good. And I pray that we'll remember that even when circumstances aren't good. And I pray that we'll remember that when circumstances are wonderful. You do bless us so often with the mountaintop experiences and so many wonderful things. May we thank you. May we praise you. May we look up to you no matter where we're at in life geographically, like the the, the places mentioned there in the psalm, or what part of a wave, a high or a low that we're getting hit with or experiencing. May we worship you, may we praise you, may we look up to you tonight, this week, and for the rest of our lives. We thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And we'll be down in the fellowship hall in a few minutes if you want to come join us. Thank you very much.